Hello and welcome to episode two of the Northern Grower podcast. I'm your host Erin and I am uh, speaking to you from my basement in zone three. That's right, we are here gardening in zone three. So that brings us to the topic of today's podcast, which will be gardening and starting early in colder climates. So zone three, we typically have very, very long cold winters and we have short but intense summers. So where I am based in Alberta, even though the summer season is short, it is also quite an intense season. So actually fun fact, when I was taking a beekeeping course, I actually learned that here in Alberta, we have uh, uh, some of the largest honey producers in the world. And that's because our growing season is so intense. So nature tries to pack a lot in into those few summer months we have. But I'm going back to gardening and we're going to be talking about getting a jump on the growing season, how to start early. So in the last few years, we have been experimenting with getting a start on the growing season. Now, typically it can still be quite cold and we can still have frost well into May. So that often means that things like our tomato plants, anything that's more sensitive to frost, if we put those outside, sometimes in May, even into June, frost and snowfalls can linger occasionally and that can be that can uh, have an effect on our garden and on those plants that prefer the warmer weather, like our tomatoes. They're a little bit more sensitive. So we have been developing lots of strategies on how to just extend our season at the start of the growing season. So what can we do in the spring to just save some time? We could plant, I know we can plant in the ground come May and June and Hopefully the weather is in our favor, but then we usually are harvesting that crop mid to late summer and sometimes even with fall, if you want to do a second later crop, quite often we don't know what the fall weather will be like. We get snow and frost sometimes in September quite frequently as well here. So what we've been really experimenting with the last few years is trying to get a early start on the spring end of things and that can often mean we are getting a crop or we can start some harvests in that earlier to mid-summer time and that way we can start a second rotation of crops in our garden in the mid-summer area and hopefully we can be pulling those off in fall if we have a nice Uh, fall weather, a favorable fall, then we can often get two rounds of gardens and garden crops going. So one of the first methods we actually started and is gaining popularity in our area is we have been learning and experimenting with starting indoors for the last few years. So we got our setup, we um, invested in uh, just some, you know, Ikea shelves, buy some sh- secondhand shelves. You can get lots of shelves off Marketplace. We just invested in the setup. We got some shelves. And so, and then we got those 
heat mats and grow lights. So we have an indoor system set up whereby we have our grow lights and our heat mats and we have little trays and we have been starting our seeds, germinating them indoors and allowing them to grow into quite a nice little seedling height for a few weeks before we then transplant them outside into the soil. And like I said, this is a really neat little technique because it allows us to get our plants growing, get those seedlings a little bit more established. We get them transplanted outside, but we've already saved ourselves a few weeks of time. We're already a little bit ahead of the game that way. By the time we're planting outside, we have established seedlings. We're not just planting seeds in the ground come end of May or June. We're actually planting little plants. So it just gives us that little bit of a head start. Now, inside, we like to start our those fairer weather crops, those plants that do prefer the warmer weather. And in fact, we'll actually start everything inside because it definitely gives everything a bit of a boost. But we often start uh, tomatoes. We have been starting corn inside. We have been starting squash inside. Um, and... Well, so we've been starting peat, we've been starting um, beans inside, and also our greens, like our kales and lettuces, we have been starting inside. And we have been having quite good success with that method the last few years. So we have our trays, um, and we did invest, we got those little, the bigger, longer plastic trays, so we can plant lots of seedlings at once, but you can also um, keep the trays as long as you have drainage in the bottom another method you can do is start recycling use start saving those little um, plastic salad boxes or fruit boxes that you can get at the grocery store if you use those and if you are buying those then a really good thing to do is start saving those little trays and using those as your seed starter trays put that soil in there and get those seeds in there and they work just as well as the trays you can go and pick up at a garden store. So really recommend recycling or at least reusing those plastic trays year after year. Got to think about the environment that way. So we've been starting indoors and typically we have started, last year was the earliest we ever started. We usually start around March indoors. Last year we decided to, we were going to take a risk and start very early on. I think also part of it was that we really, really couldn't wait to just get started with gardening this year. And even though we have a little indoor garden, it still feels like you're at least getting some gardening in. So we actually started the end of February last year, which is very, very early. Um, and we started with our indoor garden and we had trays of, we did tomatoes and herbs, so parsleys, basil, um, else did we plant kale lettuces we planted lots of greens so we started very early on in the season and we actually were able to we had good germination rate right off the get-go and we actually planted out a crop very early so this was the risky part because we had a run of tomato plants that were ready to transplant out as early as March, um, the middle towards end of March, they were starting to get quite leggy. Um, 
So we ended up amassing bigger containers that we could find, any bigger containers. And because they're getting quite, they're getting that seeding look of getting long, thin and leggy because they're reaching up towards that light. So this was the middle towards end of March and it was still quite cold outside. We were still getting days of frost and snow and so we ended up having to find larger containers and we were scrambling for this. Um, we got larger containers and we actually planted, transplanted those seedlings into bigger containers, but indoor containers. So we ended up with all of our uh, shelves and window ledges inside our house full of pots of tomato plants. So we had a lot going. We had clusters of them on the floor around our feet. Um, we kept the rooms bright, the curtains open, extra lights on, and we had uh, we transplanted those tomato seedlings out of their trays into indoor containers and indoor pots. And then finally, um, I think end of April, May, we just took the risk. They were getting too big for those containers. We took the risk and just transplanted them out into the garden. And they took quite well. And that seemed to actually go quite well. There was a few days of transplant shock, um, but they all recovered from transplanting and took to, took to the garden very well. And we may even start another run that early and keep up that technique uh, this year. So saying that, I do want to pause again, as always, and just say these are strategies, techniques, and ideas that we have found to be successful for us. So things that have been working for us. So like I said, that little kind of, that run we did with the tomatoes last year, and we did several transplants into bigger containers indoors, and then a last transplant outside. Not too sure if that's regular run of the mill that you should be doing, but like I said, it worked really well when we did it last year, and we will probably be doing that again this year. So these are all things that work for us. Everything is different with gardening. There are so many variables, as always, and you will end up having to find what works for you. And some of the strategies and techniques I've done, they may not be successful for you, or you may find a new idea that you want to try this year. So just... Join in on our discussion, join in with our gardening space, and maybe you also just enjoy hearing some gardening talk before the season starts. So that's just our little disclaimer there that I'm not going to say this is going to be a marvelous miracle sweeping technique that will work for you and your garden. Everything is different, but any way we can share ideas is a bonus in my opinion. So starting indoors in our indoor garden. We also started kale and lettuce greens and herbs in those trays and they took off really nicely and really well and I will say actually we started a ton of those and I started um, I got really into microgreens too that year because oh like those little microgreens while they are growing they were delicious so a perk of that is you get you start your garden early, but we started harvesting those little microgreens to eat in our salads, our sandwiches, our stir fries as well, very early on in the year or two. So that was a nice perk as well. We started getting a very early little mini harvest there with those microgreens we were growing inside too. So once those little greens got established, we then also moved them outside. And I this is where I get into our technique uh Number two, there are a little bit of crossover techniques um, 
but our next major game changer we tried last year was cold frames. We started, um, we found some just old scrap wood we had in our garage and some two by fours and we built cold frames and we basically, yeah, they're just wooden frames. Um, we made ours quite deep. We filled them with deep soil and we put them against the house and also in our, um, southern exposure garden. So they would get the sun and the warmth throughout the day quite early on. Our cold frames, they also have a glass lid. So you could actually see the, um, it encourages the soil and the temperature there to just get quite warm. So we had thermometers in there and I really wish I'd recorded the temperature somewhere. But even in springtime in March, with the sun just being on those frames all day and being more back towards the house, it was a little bit warmer. And those cold frames were getting quite warm quite early on in the year. So for us, we decided to plant our cold, hardier varieties, uh, like our kales and our greens. We planted those into our cold frames in March, which again is quite early planting for zone three to be outside. But these little techniques, they do make a little bit of a difference. So we started our greens indoors as well. And in March, we were able to start planting um, kales, lettuces. I think we even planted, tried a few cabbages in there as well. We got those outside in those cold frames and they took rather well as well. So cold frames definitely allowed us to start a little bit earlier in the season this year. And we will likely look towards using them this year. I think we're also going to plan some season extension on the back end of the season in fall and see if how they go as well. But we just this year we've been using them for um, season extension in the spring. And yeah, we started out, we put our greens in there and they were warm. They were quite cozy and they started to take really well to being in cold frames. And um, there were days that we still had snow and frost, but that soil inside those cold frames, it was still, they. if you lifted that lid on those days, it was still warm inside. And that's actually another... We cracked the lids for some airflow, but uh, we wouldn't spend a lot of time with those lids off because you don't want the temperature to drop too much inside either. But basically, I think of them as cozy little incubators for our garden. So they were just cozy little plant incubators and they did the job. They did really well. We got started quite early on um, and we didn't by the time it got to June. May, June, we actually removed the cold frames out of our garden because the weather here was warm enough that it didn't warrant the use of them. So we just used them for a couple of months in the springtime, but we started to get our plants growing and established quite early on in the season. And that also ties in, I mentioned we planted kales and greens in the cold frames. We can also, so start with your cold, hardier varieties outside. So some kales are hardy to minus 15 degrees Celsius. So they're pretty cold hardy plants as are lettuces and the, those salad greens. So we also started, that's why we decided to plant those into our cold frames first. So start with your cold hardier plants as well and get those in your crop rotation so you can at least start getting a jump on the season and 
they might also work for you at the end of the year as well. So if you are particularly in a colder climate or, you know, zone three like we are, always definitely try to see if you can find either. You're basically wanting to find cold hardy varieties or the other thing you will need to find. I would look for things that have a shorter growing season as well you will probably want something that can grow quite fast and it has a shorter time to reach maturity just because of our shorter summers and like I said even in September we have snow and frost days some years so you want things that are either cold hardy or you're looking for crops and vegetable seeds that that have that shorter time to maturity um and another method, there is obviously linking in as well with those cold hardy varieties, those cold frames, greenhouses. We have not got one. It's a dream of ours to get uh, polytunnels and greenhouses. We don't have any yet set up, but that is something we're working for, hopefully in the next few years. But I know a lot of growers and gardeners use those with success, but they are quite an investment. Unless you can find, well, even finding secondhand is still quite an investment and space occupying so it's something we will look forward to investing in later but we've managed the last couple of years without having those um and we also have been another technique we tried one last technique we tried last year was to grow against plant against our house so we started with um, onions we started our onion runs pretty early as well some even as early as February I think we t- we took a risk but we decided to start planting some of our onion seeds as early as February which is very very early and we planted we did a couple so we experimented we started some indoors and we started some straight outdoors in February on a warm weekend that we got we planted um, we have some beds that run all the way around the house as like a perimeter bed and they tend to be a bit warmer than being out in the garden. So we decided to plant some seeds right in there and they did germinate. They germinated la- a bit later in the spring, but they germinated. And so we grew onions. They started germinating and started growing very early on in the year. And by early summer, we were getting some shallot and onion varieties Um, from our beds that run around our house we were able to start harvesting those off so that worked as well it's just one of those little places in the garden that I talked about even in the first episode it's one of those places in the garden that is a little bit warmer because your house obviously has a little bit more heat to it gives off a little bit more heat and so soil having beds around your house perimeter beds for us it's been working really well as a little almost a little bit of a warmer area to start planting. So we started planting around our house early on in the year as well. And like I said, we did get germination um, crops. We got germination from those onions and they started growing. So feeling really fantastic there. We also plant garlic alongside the house. So that grew quite well as well. So just having that heat it just helps the soil. It, the soil was a few degrees warmer and it was another strategy that we used to just try to get something something in the season just 
getting ahead so we can that way we start pulling off crops and harvesting by early to midsummer and then we can also start other runs of crops outside in that time as well so it was really successful last year we really tried to work on some spring season extension strategies and cold frames cold fridays and starting indoors those were the three major ways that we were able to extend our season so i hope that helps we'll get this episode out and i hope if you have any strategies or techniques you'd like to share you can always let us know at the northern grower podcast at gmail.com um but please share I also hope this episode, it was a little bit more organic in nature. I decided to not stick to a script, strict script per se. And I also did not write it down, so there's no rustling of paper. But I just, me and my coffee sitting here, having a more organic time of speaking here. So I hope the sound and the background noise was a little bit better, hey? But it's a start and feedback is always appreciated to just try to you know improve and work on ourselves here um so i wish you a as always a wonderful and bountiful growing season those were some of the strategies we tried last year to get a jump start on the spring and if you have any questions like i said please email us do not hesitate to get in touch or if you have any strategies or tips that worked for you would love to start a conversation okay Have a great growing season as always and goodbye.